Good day, Wisconsin. It's the it's the Bill Michael Show. I am always going to do that when I get a chance to host the show. My name is Grant Bills. I am uh, Bills. Well, I'm his co-pilot. I'm the medium unit. That's what I'm trying to coin myself. Austin is here. Stone Cold producer Austin as well. Is the medium unit a nickname that can stick, or should I drop that? Do you think? Um, I think we could rock with her for a little bit. I mean, I think it could grow on people. Do you think Bill would approve? That's the I always come up yeah. with fun names and things I th- I about think that's Bill's a Bill show. I think that's a Bill name. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, I always come up with like funny names and expressions about Bill's show, but it's always when Bill is gone because that's when I'm filling in or when I've filled in. And in then the past. he never hears it. Do you think he's listening this week? He's at his lake house. Uh, Bill, if you're listening, shout out. If not, I'm gonna guess no. I'm gonna go <laughs> with a big no. I I hope not. Part of me, part of me is like maybe Bill's feeling like a mentor. You know, and he yeah. wants to hear his his protégés. But we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk football pretty quick, actually, which is a break from the normal last couple weeks. Because I feel like every show I've done, do Brewers for an hour or two and then maybe get to football at some point. But Tyler Dunn from Go Long, friend of Bill's show, friend of my show, the Wisco Sports Show from 4 to 6. A friend of Jordan Love. He writes a new Jordan Love story like every other week. So we're naturally going to talk about Jordan Love with him and ask some football questions as a whole. Is this... As a Packers fan, the most like disengaged we've been at this time of year for the last couple of years? I would feel so, yeah. I mean, that would be because there's one guy not in town anymore. <laughs> I, I've, I've talked with uh, callers and listeners the last couple weeks. They're like, God, the Packers are boring, or God, Jordan Love is boring. And I'm like, no, I, I, I think feel, this is normal. Yeah, I feel like right now, no news is like good news for football. Like, yeah. So we're going to yeah. have to talk to Tyler about like other te- like other teams and other things because in the past the last couple of years it's like well Rogers is doing this kind of retreat let's learn all about this or like oh he's doing this kind of drug let's have Yibo on and <laughs> and we'll talk about ayahuasca for a couple minutes but Tyler Dunn's going to join us in just a little bit a pretty awesome baseball weekend for the both of us you're a Cubs fan I'm yep. a Brewers fan I said on Friday and I, I tweeted again yesterday at Wisco Grant I feel like this weekend series which came down to yesterday the rubber game between the Brewers and the Reds if the Brewers win yesterday First half is a success. They fought through injuries. They're right there. And if they lose yesterday, it's a catastrophe and they need to sell. Like, (laughs) it all came down to yesterday. Yeah. Ellie De La Cruz stole three bases in one inning on Saturday. Do we need to talk about that? Um, I think we could maybe bring it up for a second. That was, I mean, you got to admit, that guy is good for the sport right now. Like, he's making headlines, it seems like, every night. Here's Here's my take about Saturday. I'm not mad about it. I'm not, I tip my cap. Yeah. It's like, well, Elvis Pagaro's got to focus. What? Okay. So we turned around. Like how often do pitchers turn around? I just feel like it's more bad luck. Honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we saw a few stolen, like home, stealing home this weekend. I feel like a couple guys did it. Maybe Um, it's, maybe it's worth, I don't know. know. There's a little, a little bit of a return to small ball this year with the pitch clock. And I don't know, maybe it's worthwhile. Like I'm not mad at Elvis Pagaro. Brewers fans like. Oh, we got to send him down, DFA him to Nashville, send him to Nashville. Yeah, I'm like, no. he's been pretty good. Sorry yeah. he turned around and, I don't know, Ellie De La Cruz stole home on him. It happens every couple of years. I don't know. Every, it was getting memed. That's why everyone is so mad is uh-huh. I was seeing the Brewers on this, like, clown car reel of this guy stealing multiple bags in one inning. That's the only people, the, the only reason Brewers fans were mad, I think. That's an unpopular take, but I don't really care. I'm not mad about it. So that was Saturday. Brewers take two of three from the Reds and your Cubs what you were saying on the morning show, that's the first time they've won in New York? Yes, I believe Friday was the first time. I think they were like 0-12 before that, that they've won in New York. I, I was surprised, too, when I saw the headline, but I think it was correct. Do you like the new schedule this year? 
So we I have a chance a, to see the Cubs in New I York. I am a fan place. of it. Yeah. I think every other year getting every team, like I think next year, me and my family, like we're planning on a trip to Boston and the Cubs go there. So like, I think I'm just, a, it's good for the sport to get like every team to everywhere. You don't miss playing the Pirates every other weekend? <laughs> no. Not, not I, even I a think, part of you? I, I don't know. Like, yes, it like takes away a little bit of like division, like rivals and whatnot, because you play them less. But I think it's in general, I think it's good. I'm a fan of it. I think we're on the track. Like, honestly, we might be on the track to getting rid of the division, just taking like top oh. teams from each league at some point. Well, the NBA might. Ha- well, I don't know about the NBA because the NBA has divisions, but no one yeah, cares. No about one can. No. So they might all. as well not have divisions. I guess yeah. what what would be the MLB equivalent? I mean, they yeah, could just get really rid of know. divisions or make the divisions not matter. But then why have divisions? Yeah. I kind of miss playing the Reds every other <laughs> week. Although, if you like the Brewers' old schedule, like I, I looking at the next month, it's the Reds, the Cubs, like all the division teams are stacked up coming back mm-hmm. right after the break. So we'll get a taste of what the old schedule used to be like. But I, I was really impressed by your Cubs yesterday because they fell behind what were they behind four to nothing or something yeah they four one four nothing i think yeah you know it's just After a shame <laughs> david ross got ejected in the first inning again i was about to say <laughs> it's a shame david ross had to make it about himself which i say a little tongue-in-cheek i'm not the biggest david ross fan in the world mostly because i'm just i i adore craig council mm-hmm. i think he's been a really good manager in this league for a while and in this division for a while um, and I think there are a lot of managers that just aren't very good. I don't watch probably enough Cubs to have a fair opinion on my radio opinion. My entertainer yep. radio host shock jock opinion on David Ross is that he sucks. I was watching highlights this morning on quick pitch. Say a Suzuki might that dude's scare. Every time the Brewers play the Cubs, I'm like, oh, screw this guy. Like every time he comes up, <laughs> see, that's where the th- Seiya is either the coldest hitter on the planet okay. or he's in rhythm and he can actually bat like 300 for a month. So, I mean, I've heard all the things in Japan. Like, he was multiple-time All-Star over there, came over here, hasn't had a ton of success, but then you, like, see the hot streaks, and you're like, can we just get this all the time Yeah, as a Cubs fan? So, so thinking about the NL Central, Reds, yes. Cubs, we, Brewers saw the Pirates last weekend. Here's what I was thinking about last night and this morning, and I think I'm going to continue to think this going into the second half. I think that the Cubs, the Reds, the Pirates, the Cardinals probably too, but they're so far back, I don't know that it matters. I think every team in this division is capable of playing for a stretch of time like the best team in this division. I would agree with that. I think also last week, like the Cubs-Brewers uh, series, mm-hmm. that was a great series. Like The Cubs wanted more than a split, but they showed that they can compete with like the top of the division. They're just, they're just seven games back, so they're going to have to play like a lot better than that. Well, and that's another interesting wrinkle because I, you know, everyone keeps saying, "Well, the Cardinals are never out of it. Cardinals are never out." Of it. And I, I get why I folks know. say that. Yeah, but but it's we're different over now. Halfway, yeah, we're a little over halfway through the season. They're at eleven and a half back. Like that's a tough hole to climb out of, especially when and we're not really used to this yet. So we're we're going to watch this play out for the first time. Like they don't have nine games against the Brewers in the second yeah. half. Like we don't have as many divisional games anymore, so there's not opportunity to make up ground. Now the other side of that, you know, the Brewers don't really have an opportunity to like put their foot down and really eliminate because there's not as many games. But I think the Pirates and and maybe we've seen the best version of the Pirates. I yeah, I kind of think we have. I think the Pirates are capable of playing for a stretch of time like the best team in the division. Same with the Reds. Same with the Brewers. I the Cubs I think can too. They just had such a bad stretch that kind of put them out of the division yeah. race. I just Very think the Brewers stretch. over the entire season are just the team that's, they're not great, 
but they're the most consistent team. They're the team that's done it before. They're a little bit older and more experienced than the Pirates or the Reds. I think ultimately they'll win this division, but up until now, we've seen other teams kind of have their moment in the spotlight. I would agree with that. Like, I think right now the Reds are in their moment. Like I think the Reds are actually will be they'll play meaningful games in September. Yeah. I but I'm not sure if like it seems like their like excitement level like it's got to die down at some point. Like I just feel like they're playing with so much like energy and excitement in the clubhouse. As soon as they hit a rough patch, that may like jump or go down quite a bit. A couple of Brewers that stood out to me this weekend. Willie Adams. Don't look now. Is actually like playing okay. And again, I don't know what the statistics say. You could go and pull the stats, you know, from the last four, five games. I said last Thursday and Friday, and we talked about this on on Friday afternoon on this show with Kurt Hogue and, and with a lot of callers. I just feel more confident when Willie's at the plate right now. Like, I feel like it's not a total, complete failure. Like, when Jesse Winker comes up, I'm like, oh, dear. <laughs> just, like, take my glasses off, rub my face. It's like, this guy again. Although he got the game-winning RBI yesterday against his old team. Baseball. So Baseball, baseball. yeah. <laughs> but when Willie Adams comes up, I'm like, all right. Like, I sit up straight. This guy's got something going right now. So Willie Adams is definitely on my radar going into the All-Star break. And William Contreras is the other one. Like, the Brewers, the Brewers acquired William Contreras in the offseason, and everyone loved it. Like, oh, my God, what Brewers, robbery, right? They gave up essentially a Stereo Ruiz and some yep. prospects, and they got a catcher of the future in return, like a young, controllable catcher, and we and we loved it. Brilliant Brewers move, very, very good. And then the game started, and we kind of – he was just there, and he was fine. He was good, but the hype kind of died down. We weren't talking about him all the time. And over the last two weeks or so, I think really starting with maybe maybe Paige Sporonic bobblehead night, <laughs> that weekend series against the Pirates, he seems to have – the defense has always been there. I think the Brewers got him in the building and say, we're going to fix this, that, and the other yeah, thing on I think, defense. I think just the Brewers, like, defense, like, catching defense in general, they yes. always, like, they got some system going on that's working yes. there. For yes. Sure. And I think that was their first, like, we got to get yeah. that taken care of. And I yep. think that was probably a lot for him. He was at a new team, and they were throwing all this new defensive stuff. And the defensive stuff, catching was great from day one. Now everything else is starting to fall into place. Like, now yeah. that he's comfortable catching, doing the catching things, He's getting to know his staff. The offense looks really good. And I love, like, he's spunky. Like, it seems like he's excited (laughs) to be down there. He's getting, like, he's shaking the umpire's hand at the end of games. Like, he's throwing balls up into the second deck at the end of innings. Like, I think he's, he's, he feels like he's a brewer. And it's all starting to fall into place. And I, maybe we can debate this and talk about this, but he's one of the guys that I I would think about going into the All-Star break as, I think we're going to see his best baseball in the second half. And I'm sure you have Cubs players that you think the same about. Yeah, um, Cubs play. I mean, I feel like we've seen a lot of Cubs plays. Like, I don't know their record; sh- it should be better than they. Than I they agree. Are. I agree. I think um, it's one really horrible stretch that yeah. makes their season look worse. Than um, it is. but yeah, like a guy like Suzuki, we talked about a little bit earlier. He, I think he can find a hot streak, get there. Bellinger is a guy I like a lot for the Cubs. If we don't trade him, we'll see. It, the first week coming out of this break is huge for the Cubs because right. if they fall to like 10 games out, they're selling half the team again for the third straight year. And that's why I want you to keep going, but that's why the All-Star break is kind of fun. Yeah. Is we're about to spend five days talking about these grand plans and schemes <laughs> and for the second half. And All scenarios. E- either one of our teams comes out and loses five of yeah, six then, or then six or eight, everyone. then they're selling. Yeah, <laughs> and, it all, exactly. and it's all for nothing. Exactly. Um, A guy like Christopher Morrell, I like a lot. I think the Cubs got to find a way to like get his defense in the like he needs to play a spot on defense because right now he's played center, he's played second, he's played third. 
He's played DH. Like I think he can find a spot and then get him a spot in the lineup. And is he more than just a home run specialist? Because every time he comes up, that's how he's framed on the broadcast. Yeah, no, I he's batting two seventy three right now. Like he's been up for a couple months now. He's batting two seventy three. Uh, yes, the home the home run power is there, but I think he's more like right now. He reminds me of like the Cubs like twenty fifteen Javi Baez. Like okay. he, like he's an exciting player, very electric in the clubhouse. Does oh. have the swing and miss potential. But I don't think it's as bad as Baez. Like Baez is now. Like right now, yeah, it's probably the worst form. We don't of even really Baez. talk about. No. Baez. Is he still in Detroit? Yeah, he's getting paid. It's not yes, like he's he a victim. Paid, he's not. But... He's not suffering. Mm-hmm. But I, I like a couple of the names you mentioned for the Brewers in the second half. Willie Adamas, just because I, I don't yeah, think he I mean, can have. He's too good of a baseball player to replicate what his first half was in in the yeah. second half. Contreras, like I said, I think the question is Rowdy Telez and Jesse Winker because I don't know if there's help on the way coming for the uh, you know yeah. what I mean and I, there might not be a good option there might not be a good option or a replacement for Audi Telez but I think the Brewers are going to go as far as the improvement or, or lack thereof if the Brewers don't get any better of Rowdy Telez and Jesse Winker because you just can't have a black hole at first base in a yeah. DH nope. so that's the question and we can discuss that you know all throughout the break and then like I said if one of our teams or both of our teams comes out and loses six but of eight it's all for nothing it is actually <laughs> all for nothing yeah I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant uh you can call the show although if you really want to call today Wait like 15 minutes because we're going to take a break and we're going to talk to Tyler Dunn, who covers the NFL. He was on the Packers beat for a while and he wrote, do you remember the Mike McCarthy massage story? I do. Yeah, that was Tyler. <laughs> he he writes the longest stories ever. And I remember that story coming out in the middle of the day and I'm like, well, now I got to take an hour and read this million word story and write down notes. So he's always writing long, long stories. He's a big fan of Jordan Love. So we'll talk with him about that because I... I'm at the point. I don't have anything left to say about Jordan Love, dude. It's yeah, I mean, we just got to see him we, play. We need to see point. him play. Yeah. <laughs> we need football games, or at least we need training camp. We need something. But Tyler will certainly give us, uh, if there is anything to say about Jordan Love that hasn't already be, uh, been said, he will be the guy. And then some you know, NFL at large questions. This is a really interesting year. The NFC might stink. It might be. I, it might be bad. I would <laughs> like, agree with that. Like we we've believed the AFC to be way better, and this weekend I was listening to some football podcasts and and writing down some maybe points of discussion for this week. I'm like, man, it might actually be worse than we thought. So, I think like five out of the top like six or seven teams in the NFL are probably in the AFC. Here's a question I'm excited to ask Tyler Dunn. We can think about this over the break. If I if you have to bet all of your money on a team to win the NFC and it can't be the Niners or the Eagles. That, that's a good question. Yeah, that's I don't a know. Good question. It's like, damn it, is that? That was like the two teams I was thinking. They're like, it was like, is it the Cowboys? Am I going to bet on Geno Smith? I don't know. I'm excited to ask Tyler Dunn. So we'll get him on the horn. Bill Michaels show back in three minutes. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michaels show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome to Pella. Hi. It's come to my attention, I need new windows. You do? Hey, sweetie, what's this? My art project. Honey, it's rotten. We need to toss it. Then why do we have to keep our rotten windows, Dad? Well, you came to the right place. Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows, so this doesn't happen again. Thank you. Visit PellaWI.com today. It's summer and Road America's in mid-season form. Get your tickets now for NASCAR's Xfinity Series at RoadAmerica.com. That's RoadAmerica.com. Oh, sometimes 
Welcome back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Bill is on vacation this week. Austin is in alongside me. I don't think Bill's listening this week. But Bill, if you are, uh, I hope we're doing you proud back here at home. And I hope you're enjoying your time on the lake. I'm a little jealous. I saw some pictures, Austin. I did too. Yeah, I'm a little he, jealous. Bill's living it up right now. <sighs> Maybe next year. Maybe you year. can get some beer beer dives going with oh. his friends. So, uh, so <laughs> Tyler Dunn is here from Go Long. Now, Tyler, you know Bill. You've been on his show before. We learned from Bill last week. He didn't know what beard arts was. He had his first ever beard arts experience over the 4th of July. Can you believe that? Beard darts? No, I lived in Wisconsin for five years, and there were a lot of new drinking games I'd oh. never heard of, but... I, I can't I got to I got to dub stop the uh, the memory for this one. Wow. So maybe this is maybe I underestimated how many people actually play. Maybe this is a degenerate Wisconsin thing, but you just sit in a circle outside with a beer by your feet and then you throw metal darts and if you hit the side of the can of another person, that person has to drink the beer to where the dart hit. So you just force other people to drink when you hit their can. It's it's pretty easy. But I could never believe but I didn't think that, you know, I, I thought Bill had been around the block a little bit. You think Bill's played Boom Cup, you know, anything else like that? And we'll have to ask him when he gets back. I'm not sure. Where'd you go to school, Tyler? I went to school at Syracuse. Oh, yeah, okay. so, you know, it was pretty simple out there. Just, uh, you know, flip cup, beer pong. And, and I feel, now I feel like an old man, right? It's a, a <laughs> middle-aged, washed-up, balding man where I, there's got to be so many drinking games out there that I've just never heard of. Well, so, and you were probably... Well, yeah, you, you were yeah. focused on your studies at Syracuse. I think that was the difference. You were focused on <laughs> on launching a, a career. And speaking of of launching, you've been launching Jordan Love Stories. You've been writing Jordan Love Stories and, and content. Is this not the summer of Go Long, right? Your platform at Substack. <laughs> this is this is what you were made for. You're the Jordan Love guy. So so what new Jordan Love things have you written about? What are you enjoying? What are you excited about? Just tell us about Tyler Dunn and Go Long and Jordan Love. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. You know, we'll we'll see if he's uh, we'll see if he's good. I, I think he is going to be really good, and it's just rare. We never see this in pro football. We never see a team draft a quarterback in the first round, which means you're probably very very talented, athletic, big arm, and then just not play for three years because there's too much pressure. Uh, what from you know coaches or the front office, but most of all the fan base, and that just doesn't exist when you have a four-time MVP. So I think it's incredible what Brian Gutekunst did, uh, Matt LaFleur, everybody on board at this point, to just let him develop, let him grow. You know, almost build a quarterback in a lab for three years where I think the dude that we're going to see this season is nothing like the quarterback that looked damn good against the Philadelphia Eagles, six and nine, two drops. You know, it wasn't just mop-up duty. The Eagles were trying to win that. It was still a game. I mean, it's going to be different than the quarterback we saw the year before against Kansas City, and definitely the quarterback from the year before that that couldn't beat out Tim Boyle. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, I I think that it's time, and I, I, I love the fact that the Packers had the guts to move on. You said we don't see this a lot. This, this isn't something that happens often where a team drafts a guy and he sits, or for whatever reason he doesn't play for a couple of years. I can think of Phillip Rivers. That kind of happened to Aaron Rodgers right back in the day. That kind of happened to. Why do you think we don't see this more often? Is it because teams don't want to do it? Teams rush their quarterback prospects? Or or do you think it's because truly, in most instances, if a quarterback is going to be good and going to be a longtime starter, they find a way to play. They make their teams insert them into the game. Why do you think we don't see this very often? 
I think I think a lot of it has to do with just human nature, even, and the fact that we're all obsessed with instant gratification. We can't last uh, five seconds without checking in on those bubbles on our apps, <laughs> right? Instagram, Twitter, our email, whatever. Like we're just obsessed with what's next, what's next. What's next. I mean, the, the, the FOMO is real, and it's just suffocating our culture to the point where. I think more than ever, yeah, like fan bases, and it's obviously different in Green Bay to the extreme where the fans own the team, but every fan base, um, they, they want that first-round pick to see the field. Like if Mitchell Trubisky is struggling for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you better believe they're going to get Kenny Pickett out there. And you see it everywhere. It's, it's not just the columnist that is pushing for the back of quarterback to play. It's this pervasive through every tentacle of the market, the city, that for you to get that pick out there. And I think that a lot of times, yeah, there'll be some ownership pressure. You know, the owners are more in tune with what their fans want than anybody. So even in a lot of cases, if the coach knows, all right, this rookie quarterback should probably sit, it really behoove him to sit and learn. Um, you know, these, a lot of these owners, they don't, they stick their nose into the football operations and they say, no, get them out there. This is what the fans want. This is when it's going to put cans in the seat. And you know, a guy plays before he's ready. So it's just it, – it is different in Green Bay, and it's, it's been that way for a long time. I think that if Jordan Love lights it up, which he might just go out there and light it up, more teams absolutely should follow this yeah. traditional old-school blueprint. When you said a lot of owners are, are very nosy, as an NFL owner, as an owner of the Packers, I'm, I'm opposite. I'm very hands-off. I, I like to institute good <laughs> good people – and let them do their job. I, I like to stand back and let them do their job. One last thing on, on Jordan Love. One part of his game, one part of him as a player that I always remember from everything I read from you and, and read from other people is that he's a student and he's been obsessively learning this offense the last couple of years. Now, he hasn't had much else to do. And Aaron Rodgers had him running some meetings. But that sticks with me as, as when he hits the field in week one, he's going to make mistakes and he's going to obviously learn as a young quarterback. But ideally, right, he takes the field and knows the offense perfectly. That shouldn't be an issue based on what I've read, right? It, I think that gets to the heart of the of the point, right? Because we, we, it's different in 2023 in that these guys have quarterback gurus, experts, whatever you want to call them, working, working year-round. So things that we thought couldn't be fixed, like accuracy for Josh Allen, they can be fixed when he's out there with Jordan Palmer and is coached by Brian Dable. Jalen Hurts, uh, another one. I mean, he falls to the bottom of the second round because he's pigeonholed as a certain type of quarterback. Well, no, he just went out there and busted his butt, and he could have been the MVP last year if he didn't have that injury at the end of the season. I think Jordan Love is, is really in that same vein as just a hard worker. We, we can't underestimate the fact that if a quarterback is willing to learn and, and wants to get better, absolutely can just attack his weaknesses and take his game to a, a, a level that people can't foresee. And I think it's, it might be hard for a lot of people to see it when Rodgers is winning MVPs and getting that contract. And let's face it, there's a lot of people probably rooting for Jordan Love to fail because Rodgers is really good at currying favor, yeah. important people around him. Um, but all Love has done is just work his, work his you-know-what off and, and get to this point. I, I think he's going to be really good. I hope so. When I when I need to believe or when I need to get excited, I normally just go to go long and, and read something that one of you or, or one of your staff members have written because you guys are really high on Jordan Love and you've done some good writing. We're talking with Tyler Dunn, who is the head honcho at Go Long. You might remember from the Packers beat and he's written uh, really good stories for Bleacher Report. 
let's talk about the NFL big picture, Tyler. This is a question that I, I think is an interesting one. I'm going to ask this to every football guest that I have on between now and the start of the season. And I think the answer you tell me, it'll tell me a little bit about you. I think this is a little bit of a, a test. If you had to bet your life savings on an NFC team to win the conference and you can't bet it on the Niners or the Eagles, who, who are you betting your money on? The Detroit Lions. Oh, oh, so you're you, okay. So you're a very happy go lucky glass half full. You walk about life and you believe and you buy into things. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Tell me about the lions. I, I you know, and I, I do think green Bay is going to be good. I, I think the green Bay makes the playoffs, but man, the lions, all, all they've done is just quietly seek a certain type of player. And I'm trying to get to the bottom of it now for a story this off season. I spent a week around the Lions, and I, I get it. You know, you see Jared Goff, and you think, oh, I know what the Lions are because I know what Jared Goff is. Uh, but they built a, a juggernaut on offense with Ben Johnson. I mean, it is ridiculous the amount of talent that, that they've kind of built up through the draft, through some really smart signings. I think they reset their backfield in, in the right way. And, that, hey, I love Jamal Williams. We've had him on the show. He's a, he's a fun-loving guy. But David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs, Gibbs could be a Debo Samuel-like threat. I think that was a great pick, and it was one that was mocked universally, it seemed. And then you have the best offensive line in football. I think mean, run, running the ball, they're, they're kind of built in a way that defenses aren't equipped to stop, where, you know, with Shanahan, McVay, even LaFleur, and all the zone blocking stuff, a lot of these D linemen are just so used to kind of moving laterally and, and riding with blocks. And here come the Lions getting north and south, you know, 100 miles an hour, and, and a lot of teams just aren't used to it. And they're they're creative in the passing game. They use misdirection. I think Jared Goff is good enough um, to win a couple playoff games, maybe get to the Super Bowl. Probably there with you on, on the Niners or Eagles, but would not be surprised at all if it's the Lions. Now, we didn't talk about the defense, which was really bad for most of last season. But what did they do? They completely reset the secondary. They've got three, four legit pass rushers. I think there's a lot to love about the Lions. Yeah, Tyler, so about the Lions, another thing, what about the Cowboys? I feel like I feel like the Cowboys, the only reason people like for this question, Grant, I feel like the only people only reason people wouldn't use this team like bet on the Cowboys is because of their name. They're okay. the Cowboys. So I feel like it's the inverse, because normally it's the other way. Yeah, right? I I feel like if you look at that roster, I think they're the third best team in the NFC. So I think most years, Tyler, we look at the Cowboys and we only believe in them because they're the Cowboys. But or a lot I feel of like at some, does. I feel like at some point, people like, yes, they're the best team. Like it's the other way around. Now. Yeah, the only I, reason we're gonna, not buying into it is because because the, oh. the last ten years or whatever they make the playoffs, they choke. <laughs> Well, <laughs> the Dak Prescott era. Tyler, you you covered Mike McCarthy. You were around him in Green Bay. You kind of know his his deal. What do you think of the Cowboys this year as an option to win the NFC? You know, sometimes we we say something enough in the in the press, and it it gets mocked as like, oh, that's cliche. That's a tropey thing to say. Well, sometimes it's just true. Like Mike McCarthy is going to let you down in the playoffs oh. at this point. And we've just seen it in Green Bay, obviously. Now, it wasn't all his fault. I mean, he can't control, uh, you know, Brandon Bostic not blocking for Jordy Nelson and going up for an onside kick. I, yeah. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, even in Dallas alone, I mean, the clock management issues, um, God, just the, the late game self-destruction in so many different ways. It just shows up 
again and again and again, and he's he's central to it. I thought it was really strange too. I mean, this is Jerry Jerry Jones probably forcing McCarthy's hand. He, I mean, he fired a lot of people that have been with him for years. You know, back to Green Bay. So it's kind of like here we go again. You see this with so many teams. You lose a you lose a playoff game to the 49ers. It's everybody else's fault except for yours. Eventually, the buck is going to stop with you. And I don't know. I, I just don't think that he is an innovative thinker when it comes to offensive football. I mean, he was really good for a, a, a certain window of time, right? You know, oh, oh nine, 2010, 2011, especially with Green Bay and, and seeking those mismatches and all the talent he had. Well, what happened when the talent drained in Green Bay and they lost Greg Jennings and Jordy Nelson, and Donald Driver, and Jermichael Finley? Well, he, he couldn't scheme guys open. He couldn't scheme plays open. And I, I'm kind of with Aaron Rodgers, honestly, for much of his tenure, where he did just kind of have to freelance with Mike McCarthy and create and, and run his own stuff. Um, and he's not going to say that at a podium. He's not going to trash McCarthy publicly. But I'll tell you privately, he didn't have respect for him for a long time. And uh, I think that a lot of that was kind of justified. So I don't see Mike McCarthy all of a sudden just creating magic with Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys to the point of winning the Super Bowl. They'll probably tease like they always do get everybody excited, and then they'll let everybody down. There will be a three-week stretch at some point this season, I think, where everyone is like, no, this is the year with the Cowboys. And I'll be right oh. there with them. I will I will totally <laughs> be that guy. It's like, no, this year's different, and then probably I think you are correct, Tyler, in the end it, it won't be. On the AFC, I think the Bengals and the Chiefs have earned the right to be in their own category. The Bills are close. They haven't made a Super Bowl. They haven't gotten over that hump. So I think the tier below Kansas City and the Bengals are the Bills, the Chargers, the Ravens, the Jags, and I think the Jets are in that group now, maybe the Dolphins. What's the team in that second tier that you like to challenge either the Chiefs or the Bengals or kind of the, you know, the royalty of the AFC over the last couple of years? Which one of those next tier teams could make a jump? I think it's Jacksonville. You know, they've, they've got obviously the transcendent straight out of the womb (laughs) destined for greatness quarterback. I mean, I feel like we've been talking about Trevor Lawrence forever. But for good reason. I mean, he's six six. He's got a gun. He's athletic. He finally got the Urban Meyer stench off him by the middle of the season, and and really found something uh, something that worked with, with Doug Peterson, Press Taylor, and I think like you know for your Packer listeners out there, they they probably remember Brett Favre early in his career with Sterling Sharp, and it was awesome. I mean, the way he would just force the ball to him, and Sterling Sharp was maybe next to Jerry Rice the best wide receiver. Not maybe he was the best receiver in football next to Jerry Rice. Um, But I think there was also a downside to, you know, when you zero in on one receiver that much, you can develop some bad habits, and Favre did. And it got to a point where uh, he could have been benched for a Mark Brunel or a Ty Detmer. I mean, it was – it got a little dicey there in, I want to say, what, 93? And then he turned his career around. He started playing more discipline. And his MVP stretch came right after Sterling Sharp was forced to retire. Say all that because Trevor Lawrence doesn't have that Sterling Sharp. But he's got like three or four really good receivers in Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram at tight end, and now Calvin Ridley. I think, and I sat down with Press Taylor's OC, and we talked about it. He's like, yeah, it kind of it forces Trevor to read the whole field in a way that maybe he otherwise doesn't as a young quarterback with one singular stud at receiver. Now, you want that stud. We saw Stephon Diggs just elevate Josh Allen. Same with A.J. Brown to Jalen Hurts. But, and maybe Jordan Love, to a, to a lesser extent, 
has this in Green Bay where you're not just featuring one guy. Yeah. You're, you really are trying to find the open receiver because the defense can't cover the whole field. So um, I think that's really helped Trevor Lawrence's development. And they've been bad for so long. You know, some of these blue chippers on defense are bound to break through. We've reached the point in the schedule, Tyler, real quick before I let you go. Like, we've reached the point in the in the calendar where I'm like, I just want these games to start. Like, I'm walking around on Sundays. Like, I am ready to see some of these narratives play out onto the field. I'm getting that itch. As much as, you know, you spent plenty of time in Wisconsin. This is the best time of the year, and I don't want to rush through summer. But if the NFL started this Sunday, I, I would be in my seat because I want to see some of these narratives and some of these teams play out. I'm ready. Oh, my God. Ugh. I mean, you're telling me. it's uh, And it, it is a... It's an interesting time of year because there's tons of lists and Mount Rushmore's and power rankings and filler. And I, I guess I wasn't surprised by the story on Carlton Davis the other day. Um, you know, he's pretty bullish on his Tampa Bay Buccaneers and thinks they're going to shock the world and wreck stuff. And he didn't say stuff. And, you know, that he said everybody's in for rude awakening. Um, and, and, yeah, sure enough, you know, you look at ESPN NFL Network, I couldn't believe how it just spread like wildfire. and. I'd, li- I'd like to think that it's because it was a well-written story, but no, it's to your point. There's just nothing going on. It's just, you know, there's really not much going on. So, you know, when Carlton Davis says what he says, everybody's going to run with it. With the Mount Rushmore's and the hot takes in the list, I mostly blame sports talk radio. I think that's, uh, it's, oh, yeah. they're oh, the absolute worst. Yeah. I, we appreciate you, Tyler. Thank you so much. It's such a slow time of year, and yet there's so many things to be excited about. Thanks for joining us for a couple minutes. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Yeah, of course. Tyler Dunn, go long. Austin, I'm uh, looking at the list at ESPN.com. Not one of the lists, like like power rankings, but I'm just looking at the lists of the teams in both conferences. Vikings, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks, one of these teams, it's, it would have to be one of these teams, if not the Eagles yeah. and the Niners. Should I would we... think so. I, whoever comes out of the South, I don't think has really any. I think that's probably the worst division in football, NFC South. Do you want to try to debate and make the case for some of these teams when we come back? Yeah, we can do that. Let's go for it. I'm kind of like, <laughs> let's I, go for I, it. I kind of like the Cowboys. I kind of want to try to convince myself. I mean, I hate the Cowboys, <laughs> but it sounds like a fun thing to talk about. It's the Bill Michael Show. Uh, Grant and Austin, and for Bill, as he's on vacation this week, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels Show, welcome back. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Tyler Dunn. Go Long TD. I subscribe to Tyler. Uh, I don't say that to Bray. I pay for independent journalism, but when he's writing Jordan Love stories every other week, I need that content. You know, Austin, like I I need you to need turn it. that into content yep. for the show. <laughs> so I need to subscribe to Tyler uh, Tyler Dunn. He's at Go Long. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, I think he's Ty Dunn NFL. Let me triple check Tyler Dunn. Uh, yeah, it's just Ty Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. Uh, I was, I feel like a little bit of an old man speaking of Twitter. I was baited. I was debated during this last break because I saw a fake tweet about Jesse Winker being DFA'd. So I thought for a sec we were going to talk about that. And it turns out, nope, I was just faked by a fake account. We'll get back into baseball uh, in about 20 minutes or so because the Brewers had a cool weekend. Austin's Cubs had an interesting weekend. And we can talk about the NL Central as a whole. Austin, I asked Tyler and I asked you before the show, if it's not the Eagles and if it's not the Niners, who is it in the NFC? And you say the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm still going to go with the Cowboys, I think. 
I I don't I'm not confident in it, but I'm also not going to be confident in any other I was of these teams. Say. I think the Eagles and the Niners are the only teams you can be confident with. And we're not sure who the Niners starting quarterback is going to be. We're talking about I don't think it break. even matters that much to be on. I mean, it will matter in the playoffs, but for the regular season, they're going to win their division pretty easily with that system. Like Kyle Shanahan's offense, like it's. I mean, he has a perfect system for that. Will it matter in the playoffs? Think of who the you teams. You never know. The Niners I mean, could be playing Kirk Cousins, Dak, Daniel Jones, Goff. Like, I don't know yeah. that it will matter. In the play. <laughs> They're not, not running into Joe Burrow. As long as they don't, as long as they have a quarterback yeah. that can throw the ball. Because yeah. that NFC Championship game didn't really happen. Nope. So as long as they have a couple quarterbacks, you know, maybe suiting up three quarterbacks will help them. Yeah. And they should be, yeah, should be fine. The Niners just need a quarterback. Okay, that makes sense. Yep. I still like the Eagles. I'm interested to see what they look like. They've lost both coordinators. They're going to have a harder schedule this year. They're going to have a target on their back. And in the NFL, that's such a big deal because it's such a schematic league. And you mm-hmm. have defensive coordinators always scheming to stop you. But I don't think the Eagles are going to fall off a cliff. I still think they'll be very, very good. The Cowboys is such an interesting conversation. Because the, Cowboy, the Cowboys have weirdly gotten to a point now, Austin, where they're underrated. And I think yeah. that's what you were talking about when you when you brought this up with Tyler. For years, the Cowboys were overrated but we believed in them because they were the Cowboys. Now I feel like they're underrated, and maybe the only reason we're not believing in them is because they're, they're the Cowboys. Cowboys. This team is so stupid. <laughs> and I, man, Ty, Tyler Dunn was, he was hating on McCarthy a little bit. McCarthy did win a Super Bowl, okay? And he had a great wide receiving core and a great quarterback. And a, I don't think Mike McCarthy is this. I don't think he's this bonobo. Like, I don't think he's no. a total I don't think he's dope. the worst coach in the league, yeah. There's I mean, it coaches. doesn't make him great. No. Like, we're, we're not giving <laughs> we're him not... a ringing endorsement here. <laughs> but I don't think he's prohibitive to winning in the playoffs. Now, maybe when you pair him with Dak and you pair him with an organization that seems to be a little bit snake bit, like the Cowboys just kind of make mistakes in the playoffs. So yeah. that combination, I think, might be ultimately what, what dooms this team. But I guarantee you, Austin, there's going to be a three-week stretch yep. this season where everyone's leading shows with the Cowboys and talking about how, well, they're playing defense and they're running the ball and they're like... They're doing all of the right things, not the flashy kind of hollow things that we've seen the Cowboys do over the years. I think I would, it's going to be tough to say. <clears throat> I think I would bet on the Cowboys before I bet on the Lions. I, I, think, I, I think I would too, yeah. Because I, I can't on one hand say, I think the Packers could win the division if things go right. And also say the Lions could win the NFC because I don't yeah. think those <laughs> no, two realities they, can coexist. Not at all. So maybe I need to reconsider my Packers take, or maybe I need to reconsider the line. I don't know. I would not bet on the Lions. What about, uh? can I interest you in some Daniel Jones, some New York Giants, year two with Brian Dable? That's a tough one. I think Brian Dable, is. they finally find, found their guy. I agree. But I don't know. Daniel Jones just did just get paid, so we got we to gotta see if he comes off hungry or... <laughs> Just is he's gonna take his money? Imagine That's Daniel a really Jones. Good question. The like, guy who wears polos to the game <laughs> is gonna get fat and happy on a new contract. That'd be pretty funny. That would be very funny. Brian Dable will never let it happen. Blue collar guy. Yep. Always got the FDNY go. hat on. I, the Giants had a good draft. The Giants just do smart things. Yeah. Roster building at the right positions. I just don't know if Daniel. Man, I don't know about Daniel Jones. He lit up the Vikings. And I understand the Vikings defense was bad. And Ed Donatel was, Vikings fans were so mad all of last year. Daniel Jones looked like the best quarterback I have ever seen against the Vikings that in the playoffs crazy. last year. Yeah, It was unbelievable. It wasn't just like he was good enough for the team to win. He was, he was unbelievable in that game. And I don't know if Daniel Jones has the capability to be doing that. 
not every game, but like, can you be closer to that than, you know, looking like Jack Cohen or like a random Badgers quarterback that every once in a while makes a couple good throws? All respect to Jack Cohen. I'll do. We could argue. We got to take one more break this hour. We could argue Seahawks. Okay, I don't know if I love that. We could argue Vikings. Year two, Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell. Maybe, yeah. There's something there. Or Carolina Panthers, year one, professional coaching staff. Good system around a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. I, Bears. Could we bear, I don't know. <laughs> that might be a little bit of a reach. Let's take one. We, we'll take the break now so we're not like totally pinched for time when we come back. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Trying to figure out which teams in the NFC are actually good. We'll get back into baseball a little bit more afternoon. Uh, talk about the Cubs. Talk about the, the Brewers going into the All-Star break. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Back in three minutes. This is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. come to my attention I need new windows you do hey sweetie what's this my art project honey it's rotten we need to toss it then why do we have to keep our rotten windows dad well you came to the right place Pell has a limited lifetime warranty on our wood windows so this doesn't happen again thank you visit PellaWI.com today How we looking? It's the Bill Michaels Show. Wrapping up our number one. If you missed Tyler Dunn, wow, he was phenomenal. Uh, and if you didn't get a chance to hear that interview, uh, I might replay it on my show tonight. <laughs> I, I, I might get some more run out of that content, Austin. We're at the point in the year. That yeah. It's definitely needed. Well, it's good content. It it's, is. I'm not just, you know, yep. playing fart sound effects no. to fill 15 <laughs> minutes. It's good content. But yep. then I always think, like, I'm a sports radio diehard, so, like, I listen to everything, and I know that's not what most people do, but I know there's going to be, like, two people who happen to be listening when he was on the first time and will happen to be listening later, and I feel like I'm letting those people down, but you know what? It's good content. I'm going to get some more run out of Tyler Dunn later tonight. We're trying to figure out what teams in the NFC are good other than Philly or San Francisco. I think Dallas. I, I could buy a little more Dallas stock, probably more than I could buy in Minnesota. Detroit. I don't know that there's a team in the South. I just no. don't think there is. Derek, I'm not a Derek Carr guy. I've never been. I his aesthetic. I watched him on Hard Knocks. I didn't like. Him. I just he's not it. He's not the answer. Especially after last year, I think that was the end. Like he got his best friend. He got Devontae Adams, and then he got benched at the last like three weeks of the season. And then he disappeared because he didn't want to be a distraction. Yeah, it was very was, weird. It was. A lot did not go well in that Raiders camp last year. Yeah, I just what they thought. Is it Josh McDaniels? I f- I feel like the 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 odd the the betting odds would trend towards Josh McDaniels is not a good coach. I would agree. And fast forward two years, he will be fired, and we will be seeing and and saying the same things about him that we said the last time he got a head coaching job. We're just not there yet. I think we want to believe that he could. Well, I don't know if we want to believe, but I, I think we're open to the idea that he could actually be a good coach. I just, we have yet to see proof of concept with that. Derek Carr. It's not like Dennis Allen is some unbelievable coach. Like the Saints are coached by Dennis Allen and quarterback by Derek Carr. Yeah. Uh, I Maybe that, that division might win with eight and nine. Sure. Like eight and nine might win that division. But the Falcons, look, the Falcons are a team without as much flash 
Like the, like the Saints have traded up to get players. They've added players. They've made the cap to get the names. The Atlanta Falcons maybe don't have the sexy names, but they like they know who they are. They're just going to pound yeah. the ball. They're just going to hit you and hit you. Like they're going to be Michigan football, but in the <laughs> but NFC in South. The- I honestly think, and if you're betting on a team or you want to find a team that's going to go nine and eight and just barely scratch out a division, I, that might be the type of team I would bet on. I don't know. I think the Rams are going to be awful. I'm just kind of making my way down the list. They yep. tried to trade Matt Stafford this offseason. I don't think Matt Stafford is good. And and he won a Super Bowl. And I spent all year leading up to that Super Bowl saying how he would never win a Super Bowl. And then he did. <laughs> and I just, I won't let this go. I don't care that he won a Super Bowl. He's not good. He's not, I don't know. He's not good. I think even if he was good, that, that roster is just not, that roster is not good at all. Even if you have a good quarterback. I don't think. They traded Ramsey this offseason. McVay, yes, he's still a great coach. But, I, yeah, I'm with you. I think them and the Cardinals are definitely the bottom of the If West. Les Snead called the Lions and said, <laughs> we will give you Matt Stafford for Jared Goff straight up. <laughs> Run it back. Would the, would the Lions say yes? Oh, oh. That's a great question. Would the Don't Lions, picks or anything. Yeah, just straight up, they get Stafford back for Goff. Uh-huh. And I don't know what his contract is. I think he's under contract for... They extended him. Yeah. I think he's under contract for a couple oh. years. I don't really know why the Ram, why that would make sense for the Rams. No. But let's just say the Lions had that choice available. I'd be really interested. I feel like Lions fans I, would... Lions... That's a tough one. Because they saw Goff perform really well last year. I'm going to oh. tweet this out. I got to figure out a way to word it. Because obviously this is a hypothetical. And I only yeah. really care about the Lions point of view. Because no, yeah. it wouldn't make sense for the Rams. The Rams it, doesn't matter. But, like, if the Lions had that available where they could just simply get Matt Stafford back and give Jared Goff back, I don't know. Man, the All-Star breaks off to a wet and wild start. <laughs> yeah, this is good, is. Austin. I, I don't know where we're going to go the next couple hours. We're going to talk more baseball coming up. I'm sure more NFL as well. It's the Bill Michaels Show. Hour 2 coming up next.